Hey all, welcome back to the Real Life Pharmacology Podcast. I'm your host, pharmacist Eric Christensen, and I thank you for listening today. As always, go check out reallifepharmacology.com. Grab your uh, free 31-page PDF on the top 200 drugs. Great study guide, great review if you're going through uh, pharmacology classes right now, or just a great refresher if you're out in practice. So again, reallifepharmacology.com. Uh, snag that free PDF on the top 200 drugs. All right, let's get into the drug of the day today, and that is Pravastatin. Uh, brand name of this medication is Pravacol. Um, I have seen use kind of slowly decline over time. Uh, occasionally, I get a, a patient on this uh, medication. Uh, it is a cholesterol agent, um, an, or an anti-cholesterol agent, I guess, and classified as a statin as well. So it ultimately lowers cholesterol, lowers uh, LDL, which is usually what we're targeting to treat. Uh, can help with reduction of uh, MI and stroke, and that's really uh, primarily what it's going to be used for. Uh, mechanistically, it's a statin, so it's going to inhibit HMG-CoA reductase. If you recall, this is the rate-limiting step uh, in the body's production of cholesterol. And again, specifically, that's going to ultimately uh, help lower uh, LDL. Now, down one of the big downsides of pravastatin and why its use uh, has, I, I think, slowly decreased over time is that you can only get to moderate intensity lowering effects. Okay, And so what do I mean by that? So if you remember, there's there's mild, moderate, and high-intensity statins, or low-intensity, moderate-intensity, and, and high-intensity statins. And the high-intensity statins, atorvastatin and rosuvastatin, which I've covered in podcasts before, those are typically the go-to agents because... A lot of times in patients that need cholesterol-lowering therapy, we're thinking they might need high intensity down the road. So it's like, why not start them on a medication where you can potentially get to high intensity? So pravastatin doesn't get to high intensity with the dosing. And just a refresher for you, um, moderate intensity, which is the highest pravastatin typically gets, that's a reduction in LDL of approximately 30 to 50%, so kind of in that range. And the dose that you get to moderate intensity uh, is 40 to 80 milligrams with pravastatin. All right, adverse effect profile. So the major thing that you know you're always going to be tested on is muscle pain and myopathy with statins. Um, some literature says maybe it's overblown and doesn't happen as much as we think it does, and maybe there's a, a kind of a placebo effect where if you educate uh, the patient about this adverse effect, they're maybe more likely to uh, have that side effect. Uh, but anyway, it it is possible, and you certainly uh, will likely see it with statins in general um, when you encounter patients on these medications. Again, not incredibly common, but but definitely does happen. Uh, even less common, um, but really kind of unique with uh, statins and, and pravastatin here too, uh, is rhabdomyolysis. So uh, just a quick refresher about what that is. Basically, the muscles begin to break down 
And when they do that, uh, they release essentially cellular components, uh, electrolytes, protein, and this can really impact particularly the kidney, but also the heart as well. Um, but basically, it can kind of overload uh, the kidney a little bit, and the kidney can't filter all these things that are coming um, you know, to it through the bloodstream. And so that can lead to a, a situation where we end up with kidney damage, and um, pot- potentially, if bad enough, it can lead to some heart issues as well. Uh, one kind of uh, telltale sign, if you've got a patient reporting some muscle pain, that type of thing, um, is... Uh, dark urine, so almost a you know brownish uh, colored urine can be indicative uh, or a potential sign of rhabdomyolysis. All right, so we know pravastatin doesn't hit the high intensity mark. Um, so why would we ever use this medication? So uh, there's there's two major reasons I guess I've I've seen this medication used. So in a patient that doesn't tolerate one of the lipophilic statins, so that's like a torvastatin, simvastatin, um, you might consider pravastatin. And you're also going to likely consider rosuvastatin as well. Uh, but if there's an issue with tolerability of rosuvastatin or the patient's tried that in the past, that's a role potentially for pravastatin. That's that's one of the primary roles I've seen that. So if they had some mild side effects with atorvastatin, simvastatin, uh, and they're not going to take those again, but you really feel like they need uh, cardiovascular uh, risk reduction and lowering of LDL, uh, pravastatin might fit the bill there if uh, rosuvastatin can't be utilized. One other situation uh, that I wanted to, to mention that I have seen pravastatin potentially used for. Again, if we've got issues with rosuvastatin, um, some of the other ones, the lipophilic ones, simvastatin, atorvastatin, have a lot more drug interactions via CYP3A4. So to a small extent, pravastatin is metabolized by 3A4, um, but it's not near uh, as significant the interactions in general Uh, as a drug like simvastatin, for example. Okay, one last kind of adverse effect, sorry, that I kind of skipped over was uh, liver issues. So there have been rare reports of uh, liver concerns there. And indeed, with our our monitoring parameters, uh, as clinically indicated, we're going to check LFTs and potentially CPK if we uh, feel like they may have some uh, rhabdomyolysis going on. And then, of course, with monitoring, we're going to check certainly cholesterol levels as well and and LDL. Uh, The kinetics I wanted to mention briefly, so again, less dependent on CYP3A4 uh, compared to some of those other agents, simvastatin, uh, lovastatin, atorvastatin. So that can be a, a potential advantage of pravastatin here. And then while I'm on the topic of uh, thinking about enzymes and and, uh, that leads us down the path of thinking about drug interactions, and we will definitely cover those uh, right after the break here. If you're in the market for pharmacist board certification study material like BCPS, ambulatory care, NAPLEX, geriatric exam, BCMTMS, go check out meded101.com slash store. We've got a growing list of resources there. 
that will definitely help prepare you uh, to pass your exam. So again, meded101.com slash store, S-T-O-R-E. In addition, if you're another healthcare professional, uh, dietitian, nurse, physician, PA, nurse practitioner, uh, we've got a great list of books on Amazon uh, involving case studies, geriatrics, clinical pearls, drug interactions. So uh, go check out those resources, uh, share them, and uh, definitely support the sponsor, meded101.com slash store, S-T-O-R-E. All right, finishing up with drug interactions. So I mentioned CYP3A4 inhibitors and inducers could play a small role with pravastatin. Okay, Now, I typically don't think of it as a strong interaction at all. Um, so in most situations, uh, probably going to, you know, in general, ignore it or simply just monitor the patient. Um, however, uh, we've got to think about some of the uh, significant enzyme inducers, rifampin, tegretol. Uh, they could lower concentrations of pravastatin. Again, not to the extent compared to like simvastatin. Um, clarithromycin is a strong or stronger uh, CYP3A4 inhibitor, so that could raise concentrations. So I think that's uh, important to, to note as well, even though it's not going to be as significant as some of those other statins. Uh, then we got to think about uh, fibrates, so phenofibrate, gemfibrozole. There is potential that, that those drugs could increase the risk for rhabdomyolysis, so something we've got to monitor closely there and potentially avoid if possible. Uh, daptomycin, uh, another example, so this is an antibiotic for uh, infection. Uh, that drug can increase the risk of rhabdomyolysis as well. And then one supplement that I definitely wanted to mention, red yeast rice. So this can have some uh, activity similar to statin medications and could uh, potentially have some additive uh, type statin effects and increase the risk for rhabdomyolysis. All right, well, that's going to wrap up the podcast for today. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a rating review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. Uh, share us with friends, colleagues, and so on. Greatly appreciative to those of you who have done that. And uh, as always, go check out reallifepharmacology.com. Uh, snag your free 31-page PDF on the top 200 drugs. Uh, No-brainer. Definitely, you can simply have that with an email, and we'll get you updates when we've got new content available as well. All right, well, I'm going to sign off. Uh, if you want to track me down, Eric Christensen on LinkedIn, otherwise mededucation101 at gmail.com. And I hope you have a great rest of your day.